Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Not much has changed. It's just the same one continuous day. It's like my life is an episode of Raw. Three hours too long. (laughs) We had a lovely email from uh, a listener to this show who had just moved into a new uh, flat and they wanted to show it off. So they sent us like a little sort of video tour of their flat and your reply really made me feel a bit sad when you were just like, it's really nice to see someone else's place because I'm so sick of seeing mine. Yeah, we're we're trying to create new zones, like the Crystal Maze. I've now got a balcony zone. (laughs) We've put up a rocking, like a sort of suspended hammock-like chair, uh, precariously tied onto the support beams that hold up the the flat above Az's balcony. Uh, But it's worked so Mm -hmm. far. It, It creaks in a really scary way but it's comfy Ugh. it's like you'll you'll forget yeah. you'll forget how precariously it's it's tied up until it just goes. so say it's a pie chart mm-hmm. say it's a pie chart how what's the percentage of comfy versus scary oh that's it it's usually 98 percent comfy oh yeah yeah okay which is why we're risking it so much but i mean the worst that <laughs> the worst that will happen is we'll fall half a foot on our butts, which already have a cushion on. Surely the worst thing is pulling down a balcony from above you. No, 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 that won't happen. The the string will break before the building (laughs) breaks, I think. I'm confident in that part. Uh, Are you using your garden a lot? Because you've got an actual real outdoor space. We had, I mean, I mowed the lawn. Uh, for said you know usage which i haven't done in about nine months and i kept sort of looking out to it because we can see the garden from our bedroom and thinking like huh that really does need a going over 
so that we can use it. And we are, you know, using it. We go there and have a sit outside and have a nice cold beer, um, uh, which has been quite lovely, really. Might use it again this weekend because old romantic uh, shorts over here has uh, got a little romantic weekend planned. Oh, you've got the romantic shorts on, have you? Are those the ones you showed me with the, the bit in the back cut out? Oh yeah, yes. yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's the they most romantic, romantic angle. Mm. <laughs> they are. Nothing says romance more than a bare butt. Well, it's not an entirely bare, uh, but it's just that little <laughs> that little hole you showed me. That was most remarkable. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. It's precision. Um, and yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be making a three course meal. No kidding. What day is it going to be on? Saturday. <gasps> so, have you already got the meal planned? I have indeed. Is it, are you going to tell us, or is it, is it a complete surprise to the whole world? It might be a complete. I mean, I, I don't think my wife is listening to these podcasts as much anymore because I don't think many people listen to podcasts as much uh, anymore. Uh, but she's also in the next room, and I don't want to spoil it mm. for her there because she might be. She might overhear me chatting about it. Well, send me some DMs with what you're going to do because I also am cooking all the meals this sunday for me and my lady partner do you and do you know what you're doing no 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 i haven't quite got beyond i'm gonna a normal english breakfast where i'm gonna make the bread so that's like you know that's a bit more than a normal thing uh i'm thinking something i can pre-make for lunch so i could pre-make it on the saturday no idea for for dinner i'm gonna consult jamie oliver's veg cookbook because she mm. uh, is more ethical than all of us combined. Oh, no, no, you're a veggie. Uh, so <laughs> that's what's happening there. But yes, long-time listeners of the show will know I don't even know how to make a salad. And I once roasted lettuce. But, but, you have been uh, improving leaps and bounds as of late. As you just said then, you're making your own bread now, mate. And that's harder than cooking a meal. Yeah, well, I've. Uh, th- th- I think everyone's done this in lockdown. You've just got to. You've just got to make all the meals now. We're not going to supermarkets, so we can't just get an infinite revolving array of ready meals or pizzas. I haven't had a pizza in like four weeks, and uh, what? I know. So we're just yeah, we're making everything from scratch. I am. I'm learning how to cook. Thirty-two-year-old adult Oliver Davis is has finally learnt. And I'm not kidding, this isn't hyperbole, has finally learnt what salt brings to a dish in the cooking process. <laughs> I just thought it was something you did. <laughs> uh, have you not thought of making your own pizzas? Yes, uh, but you, that, that's the, that is to miss the appeal of a pizza for me. I don't want a nice pizza. If I'm going to go downtown, I'm going to get the cheapest dirtiest pizza <laughs> on a street corner I can see. Oh, yeah. It's the a comfort food. also have shorts with holes cut out. Oh, yes. I call that the <laughs> stuffed crust. <laughs> well, let's get into the show itself because I think we're going to be a little bit divided on Raw today. From what I gather, you very much enjoyed the show and I thought it was something or nothing. So let's find out. Here is the show.
happened in the Nia Jax versus Kyrie Sane match. I know what you're thinking, but I saw that match last week. It was over quite definitively and very, very quickly when Nia Jax squashed Kyrie. Well, a lot of stuff has transpired since then. Kyrie Sane, after that match, went on Twitter, started started liking a lot of anti-WWE tweets, tweets that said she should leave the company. Her contract is up soon, and it was reported a few months ago that Kyrie was exploring other options outside of WWE back in like October time. And then in December, she main evented a pay-per-view TLC with Asuka against Charlotte and Becky Lynch where she suffered a horrid concussion and it ended up in a very uncomfortable last 10 minutes of that match. Fast forward to right now and in the, a few days after, Nia Jax had called out, run, well, insinuated that someone in WWE last year when they were working with Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax thought their work was so unsafe she had to go to management to say, hey, you want to talk to this person, they're going to injure someone. Nia Jax said that about a week ago. So when she has a match with Kyrie Sane on last night's episode of Raw and tries to powerbomb her into the corner and misses where Kyrie Sane's neck lands on the bottom turnbuckle, it's not the best look. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people talk about this online and I think the one thing that has come up a lot is people make mistakes. This is not ballet. Um accidents happen in the ring all the time. But there are certain people that make mistakes more than others do and I feel like Nia is unfortunately one of those people. I'm sure she's a very very nice person IRL um and I very much like uh, her as a performer i like her as a character I'm, I'm glad that she is back on raw however it is moments like this where you're like oh it feels like it's just it's it's one more you know what i mean it's just like it's it's another it's another marking on the wall uh against her which is unfortunate yeah that was and poor Kyrie saying as well yeah like that that's the thing it's um you know when you have one concussion you are far more likely to suffer concussions after that. That is like a medical fact, uh, or at least a medical uh, correlation between people who have suffered uh, concussions. So the... it's and, and you'll find no one who is better friends with Nia Jax than I. We <laughs> are Twitter besties. My first ever music yeah. video punishment was of Nia Jax's theme tune, and she retweeted me. She hasn't got back in touch ever since, but, uh, you know, it just... it's. We didn't cover the. We haven't really covered the whole Ronda Rousey calling out people and saying wrestling's a bit fake and all that nonsense and the the women's division in WWE sort of firing back at her for that. Because to be honest, I'm not that interested in it. I'm a bit over it. I think it's a it's a clunky way to tell whatever they're trying to do there. And yeah, I find Ronda quite unlikable when she's in that mood, and I. I, I feel a bit embarrassed by anyone who sort of entertains it. So we sort of stayed away from it. But yeah, as part of that, Nia Jax, essentially, she didn't say Ronda Rousey's name, but it's everyone's figured it out. That's who it is. To say, to call someone else an unsafe worker, just a week before you commit, like a pretty scary botch on someone who is tiny. You know, Kyrie Sane is one of the sort of most... What's the right word? Miniature? Diminutive. <laughs> Diminutive wrestlers on the roster. 
and with that history of concussions like it's just like you said it's there's only so many times something can happen because i i my default position is defense like you said nia jacks people make mistakes these things happen it's but she has been away for almost a year and it's not just that i i imagine if you go back and you are suddenly wrestling where there is no crowd that is that's a weird gear change to have so that mm-hmm. might throw you off as well. Last week, we didn't really get to see anything of her because it was literally a minute squash match. Uh, here, it did go a bit longer, and Kyrie Sane didn't seem to be rocked by it, but oh, it was it was uncomfortable to watch. Did you see that Nia's tweeted about it as well? I know. That's, I don't think that's the right move. I certainly don't think it was either because I think a lot of people at that point were calling her out for, you know, for for botching this move and and putting this other person's, you know, neck in danger and and sort of like cocking up this move. And then you essentially use that to fuel this Twitter beef you've got with Ronda Rousey over the exact same issue. Mm. It it seems a bit misguided to me. And and sort of... It's not coherent. What 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 did she say in the tweet? Did she just repost it being like, yeah, look, I can beat you up like this? Effectively, worse than the effect, I'll get the exact wording in a, in a moment, but it was to the effect of once when Ronda steps into the ring, she'll see what happens. I'll, I'll, I'll grab the, the, the tweet now. Yeah, because that just doesn't make any sense because you're co- Ronda's saying, look, wrestling isn't real i'm an mma badass that's why i will beat everyone and nia Jax is there saying yeah it's not real that's why i'm beating this person up it's so wcw is what it is it's like it's it's yeah. eating its own asshole uh yeah it's i and it's it's a, it's a real shame and i can't There is definitely an element of people more likely to jump on women wrestlers who botch stuff because, you know, like we saw Mm -hmm. it with Brie Bella as well. You screw up one move that you're far more likely to be hounded for making that mistake than the male wrestlers. I would argue that the, the women wrestlers on WWE that are hounded for these botches are actually nowhere near the level of workers as other wrestlers on the roster, female or male. So I, I I don't know how much I'm just I'm just trying to navigate this as sensitively as possible because there is a section of the audience who wants Nia to screw up just so they can pounce on her, but at the same time she keeps screwing up. Yeah. Uh, so the tweet was since Kyrie saying can't do anything about it, maybe Ronda Rousey would like to try hashtag Samoan for real. Mm, yeah. I I think it's and it was and it was unhelpful. Right. Not only that, but it was retweeting Fightful, posting the video being like, look how bad this is. Like, this was terrifying, or this is frightening. Mm. Uh, and then Nia's sort of using that as like a, yeah, what a good thing that was I did. Now let's uh, start this feud with Ronda Rousey, which, you know, I have, I mean, me and uh, Laurie talked about this on the magazine show because someone emailed in about it into the mailbag being like, you know, why does Ronda hate us? And I was like, Ronda doesn't hate us. It's all the work. Like what Ronda is doing, she is trying to rile up wrestling fans into being that to defend wrestling and be like, no, it's not fake. It's this, it's that and the other. I think that's completely misguided because if Ronda then loses, so? So she lost a fake (laughs) fight that she was designed to lose cool i guess like it doesn't put over ronda it doesn't put over the person who beats her either yeah
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, Podswafters. If you're listening to this right now, I want you to take a second and look down. When was the last time you shaved your giggle berries? It's been a while, don't lie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for holding people like you accountable to getting rid of the funk and shave your junk. Especially during this time, we're not letting our hair grow wild, so sort out your big hairy balls too. And you don't have to worry about cuts thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. They've also got anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. I mean, I put deodorant on my body, so I guess I should also put it on the smelliest part of my body as well. Just because I'm not going out the house doesn't mean I shouldn't let my undertakers stink up the house. And when you purchase the new Perfect Package 3.0 kit at manscaped.com, for a limited time only, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag worth $39, and the high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, which, true story, I'm wearing right now. So am I, and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code WrestleTalk at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WrestleTalk to get 20% off and free 
international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and even here in the United Kingdom. Support WrestleTalk, support Manscaped, support your balls, and use the code WrestleTalk at manscaped.com. You'll need some tidy balls. Well, thank you. Let's say thank you to our amazing Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Of course, you can get shout-outs and access to our exclusive podcasts if you go over to Patreon right now and sign up and become a Pledge Hammer. Support us over there uh, because we just released our new WrestleMania 21 review with me and Luke where we go deep, deep, deep into the whole show and the backstage happenings at the time. But thank you. I'm the captain now, Tim Phillips. Woo! <laughs> Great name. The Snapdragon King, Rio Ordante. Thank you very much. The Dijon Mustard. Woo. Lovely stuff. Robert Spencer. Period. Thank you. Colin Monty Brown. McLeaner than Finn Balor. Woo. Yes, he is. He is leaner. I'm I'm Michael Mislayan McKees. Oh, God, what a name. The Great Wall of Geordie Westside. Thank you very much. Ooh. Laura, E. Dangerously. Thank you, Laura. The Old Codger, Dodgy Roger. That's a good name. Hey, that's a good one. And thank you to our moderators in the super chat, Tomo. And Tomo. the mod mother, Jenna, Bumhead, Rob, and Garage Art with a V. Les. Thank you. Ooh, Garage Art. Garage. Valad Mamidipudi has said, think Nia botched versus Kyrie on purpose, since Kyrie might be on her way out? Conspiracies aside, Nia still needs a lot more in-ring development. Awful. I think that's highly conspiracy theory level stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, no one these days intentionally injures people in a WWE ring. I know there was the instance last... Last summer, or was that the year before? I don't know what time is anymore. With uh, <laughs> is it Sexy Star in Lutra? Oh, that was Triple That was years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Or am I? Or am I thinking of the time when she stole the belt? Or the belt was stolen. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, that's the case at all. Phoenix, I think it's just yeah, bad sloppy work. Uh, Phoenix has also said, "Come on, Naya, just." Just come on. <laughs> Just come on. And I, I think that's where... I don't know if this is where Phoenix... Uh, was intending their chat to fall down but it's the side that I fall on which is just like Naya look well, I want to defend you here like I, I'm, I'm trying to be on your side people do make mistakes and yet it's when you constantly make these mistakes it becomes harder and harder to be on the side of the defence and then like imagine if you're one of the people who's gone hey you know she has just had a year out she's coming back it was it was reckless sure but there's also no fans it's a different working environment the fa- imagine you say that to people and you go out to defend her because you're a super Naya fan and then Naya tweets the clip to to sh- to work into an angle i don't and i don't think there's a double standard there because when hmm, or is there because when Sammy Callahan used the base the baseball bat angle against Eddie Edwards i was in i was eventually in favor of it because i knew Edwards was 
driving that as well. Like it was, it was complete agreement between the two sides to, to you know to sell more merch and stuff. Yeah. Um, here, because it was so instant, it just feels like they haven't had a chance to have that sit down. I, d- I don't know. What do you think? I, d- I don't know on that one. I'm not sure if we can compare this to the Edwards uh, Callahan situation because it depends on you know what happens after it, I suppose. But I mean, for me, sort of like really the the, the final point on this that I, I, I'm thinking is that it, Kyra saying can't be long for WWE because she is an incredible talent. And this is the role that she's been slotted into. It's you are you are the jobber of this team now. Asuka's the star, you are not. And I think that's the way she's always been presented in, in Kabuki Warriors. I think bringing her up into a tag team was mistake number one. And I don't think the WWE has done right by her since NXT. I, uh, someone asked me in the comment section of the news episode from earlier, why didn't Asuka come out? And you know, I do, because mm. WWE's booking is so inconsistent sometimes. I, I never thought about that, but they're totally right. And like, the only way I can explain it is because they are either you know preparing for this Kabuki Warriors breakup. So, but you know, it doesn't make sense because backstage they cut a promo right before Asuka sort of was Kyrie's hype person, saying nobody's ready for either of them. But then, the, I also think it's just because if Asuka's there then Asuka kind of gets beaten too because surely she's going to interfere mm-hmm. in the match. So it, it's just lazy booking. <laughs> yeah, we've just had another one come in on this topic from JQ who says Nia belongs nowhere near a wrestling ring, which I think is a bit of an overreach because the other the other side of the coin, and perhaps I'm, I'm too much on the, the defense here again, is that, you know, this is... It's not like she does this in every match. It's not like she botches in every match. I, I would say to to make the claim she belongs nowhere near a wrestling ring would suggest that she has done a, a, she's botched something to a dangerous degree in every single match she's done, which isn't the case. Yeah, and and you know she she has got a very good body of work behind her. I, I still to this day think of that epic gauntlet match on Raw where it came down to her and Sasha Banks. I thought that was a great great bout. Um, her, her match with Bailey at Takeover London, I mm, think, is, a, is an outstanding match. Uh, and she's had plenty more, but yeah, she just keeps making these, you know, serious mistakes in the ring, and they they endanger people who you know are potentially as fragile as Kyrie Sane after the TLC concussion. But yeah, we'll see what mm. is in both of their futures. Uh, before we get on with the rest of the show, uh, shall we do some little promotion? We've got Patreons stuff. Mm-hmm. We have indeed, because if you are one of our pledge hammers on Patreon, our review of WrestleMania 21 has gone live. It went live yesterday, in fact. It is over three hours, and it is Ollie and I doing a deep dive into WrestleMania 21, not just reviewing the matches, also talking about where we were at the time as wrestling fans, uh, looking at the songs and the uh, uh, movies that were around at that time, and also what the dirt sheets were saying uh, at the time and going into the star ratings that the show got. Yeah, and it's the first ever Money in the Bank match. It's actually really, you know, really timely before that concept is going to jump the shark. And you also get to hear me almost realise in real time that 
we're never going to get to review Backlash 2000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go over to it's, it's just never... <laughs> go over to Patreon and become a pledge hammer there. You don't just get access to all the podcasts, the classic podcast stuff, uh, which is exclusive with our drunk cast. You can also get shout outs and you get to participate against us in wrestling predictions wrestle league. So, shall we get on with the play-by-play review? It opened with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre looking directly into the camera and saying, Hey, cool cats and kittens. <laughs> I he, I don't know if it's just because WWE has not had a top guy that I've properly liked before. You know, like even <laughs> you've either got heel champions, you've got people who I just feel haven't got the full machine behind them, like when Kevin Owens was Universal Champion, and then it's Roman Reigns or it's John Cena. You know, both awkwardly booked babyfaces. Here, I've almost forgotten what it's like to have a babyface champ. What? No, because John Moxley is a very good example of this. But in WWE a babyface badass champion who is booked really strong and I don't yeah. mind that because I'm so into him. Yeah, I think the key to that is that the the machine is behind them because this isn't like a Kofi situation where Kofi won the title and then WWE effectively said, well, you're now the third most important thing on this show. Drew is the champion and they are saying, no, no, Drew, you're the most important thing on this show and you are going over strong. We're going to be pushing you strong. And it really works, and I, I really like True. I think he's a very, he's a great on-screen presence. He's a great character, great champion. You know, I keep coming back to this word that I used to describe him in my review stuff, and it is effortless. Like he, mm. the, the way he jumped over the main, the top rope in the main event, effortless. The way he talks to the camera and the viewers at home, it's just effortless. It's so naturalistic, and that is the complete opposite of a lot of the bad stuff that WWE gets behind. It's very stilted. It's overproduced. But Drew feels completely away from that sort of stuff while still looking like the sort of top star WWE wants. It's a, it's a great crossover of what I want and what Vince wants. <laughs> and I, I've seen some people online say like, oh, he's the new Roman Reigns. He's just overpushed. He's this, that and the other. But I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. Absolutely could not disagree more on that one. Drew is not the next, he's not just, he's the first Drew, mm. and he's a wonderful, wonderfully likable WWE champion. I tell you where some of that feeling might be coming from, though, because after the, the, the Seth Rollins, he challenged Seth Rollins to Money in the Bank, which is, you know, that, considering how we finished last week's Raw, where Drew was beaten down by Seth, the first thing Drew does here is challenge Seth to a title match, because he's a fighting babyface champion. Great booking, great simplistic fundamental booking. Um, but then out come Zelina Vega's sexy men. And her trio of sexy men. And I think we're all very much into at least two thirds of Zelina Vega's very sexy men. And we don't like seeing them beat, especially when they're being built up so well throughout the show. Uh, so I think, I, I personally think it's okay because I think they're getting enough wins elsewhere. And they're so across the show that it doesn't feel like a hodgepodge League of Nations thing or some thrown together mm -hmm. faction for Roman to fight. It feels a lot more coherent and, and organic to, to that. 
Uh, but I can see why people wouldn't like Drew going over Andrade and Gaza in consecutive weeks, despite the heels having a load of number advantages. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I can certainly see from, from that side of things. Um, but I don't know, it almost seems like it works. I With agree, Drew, that's it just how seems I like thought, it yeah. absolutely works. But if it, and it all comes down to if you're behind the guy. Like if, if this was Roman in this situation in 2015, or if this was John Cena in this situation in 2007, I'd have been like, oh God, this is typical WWE. It's, it's just, no, you know, the crowd aren't behind them. This has, and that is part of the key to it as well. So I don't usually, with the Roman and Cena examples, is that the crowd were not into it either. And here, I feel like the the popular swell is that we're behind Drew and we like Drew. So seeing Drew overcome these sorts of odds is great. You know, I used to think this sort of thing when The Rock was doing it. Like when The Rock was the top guy and he was overcoming the odds, I was fully in support of The Rock because I liked The Rock. I liked Austin, the, you know, for the exact same reason. Yeah, it's WWE are actually very good at booking baby faces a lot of the time. Their top baby faces, at least. Look at Cena and look at Reigns. It's just it, that they need the right guy. And when one only connects with a, half of your audience and the other one uh, you know, probably doesn't reach even that amount, that, that's, that's not going to work properly. But with Drew, uh, it's hard to tell because there's no one actually in the arena uh, to, to mm. give him feedback or WWE feedback. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he's doing an excellent job. And also, I also appreciated a lot that they addressed the uh, the fact that Seth Rollins doesn't really deserve this title shot because he lost twice at WrestleMania. But Drew says, you know, he's one of the most decorated stars of all time. So he, I think he does deserve the shot. And if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. So, you know, it's it's quite a weak uh, thing. It's quite a weak bit of rising. But you know what? At least they addressed the elephant in the room and turned it into part of the story. So I'm all, all for that. I've got to think, I said it last week, I think, that Kevin Owens does not want to work these tapings. Yeah, you must be, because like the fact that he's not been seen since Mania outside of that one promo is, yeah, it's quite, it's quite telling. Mm. Um, so uh, Andrade jumped Drew uh, from behind, but because Drew is so powerful and strong, he's the top champion in the company, he still beat up Andrade. And then Vega was like, go, go and rescue Andrade to Austin Theory and Angel Garza. And they were both like, no. No. Because no. Garza had a match with Drew later on. He was like, I'll, I'll get him later. I'll, I'll get him when we have our match. That's perfect. And I, I was listening to Brian Alvarez go off on it a bit, being like, oh, you know, you want to book these guys a bit stronger. But I'm like, they're heels. <laughs> That's like what they should be doing. They should be backing off so they don't have to fight anyone even if they have the numbers advantage they'd only do it if the guy's back's turned so dastardly uh after hey oh. ollie i've got a qu i've got a question for you mate do you want to climb the corporate ladder <sighs> when this was announced on friday night smackdown i couldn't have been more overjoyed the idea of a money in the bank movie style match in WWE that starts at the bottom of WWE HQ and finishes on the roof with a ring and potentially a ladder on the roof that to me sounds like die hard that to me sounds so meta the idea of grabbing the brass rings and and 
literally climbing your way up WWE's tower. So into it. And just the tagline, climb the corporate ladder, perfect. Perfect. It like sort of inca- it's, it feels almost attitude eerie, where it's tongue in cheek, but it's also a bit like like an action movie. And somehow the commentary <laughs> on this show was so bad, I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> I I'm still into the this match. The commentary tried their best to make me not interested, but I am still into this match. And because, as you know, you know very well, Oliver Davis what my favourite WrestleMania match is of all time. It is the Raven Big Show... What's the last person? Raven Big Show crash? (laughs) No, it's the guy that won, Kane. Kane, of course. Uh, It's the the hardcore triple threat match from WrestleMania X7. It is. It's categorically the greatest (laughs) WrestleMania match of all time. Like, there's no debate around this. It's absolutely, like, it's just the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. And one of the reasons why it's the greatest WrestleMania match of all time is when they brawl backstage and they brawl through that fake, like, you know, bit of scenery and stuff. And, like, Raven gets thrown through a window and Big Show and Kane do Godzilla and King Kong stuff where they, like, you know, fall through the the walls and stuff. It's tremendous. And I'm hoping we get a lot of this in the Money in the Bank match. So I'm all in for it. And I hope that when it ends, there's some monster trucks on the roof. Like <laughs> <laughs> like WCW. That's what I'm after. God, I can only imagine the, the risk assessment for what they're going to do. But I, I, I mean, you're, you're going at it from the sort of schlocky horror movie fan perspective. I, I'm going at it from the the meta community, the guy who's rewatching Community right now, sort of enjoyment. And I just want there to be so many visual gags in the background, like little references yeah. to backstage heat and stuff that I can, yeah, really, really, I can't wait. I really hope they have fun with it because it is a gold mine of an idea. And do you know what this also needs as well? Uh, this needs to not be an empty building. This needs to have staff working there and do you know what else it needs legends oh just legends in just legends in the office just like there's a lot that you break into the coffee room and there's just some wwe legends all in their gear like in their gimmicks just sitting around a table having lunch together i totally agree with you but uh, unfortunately the 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 health conscious person in me is is thinking anyone of a certain age should should stay at home. Yeah, uh, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right. Over overshot there. Yeah. Overshot. It's a shame though because that that would be perfect. Would be perfect. The what? The, I'm worried they're gonna make it edge edge Randy Orton. <laughs> right, it's twenty floors yeah. of people just going, uh, 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 and then they you know buff into each other. Yeah. But I want it to be 20 floors um, of the Firefly Funhouse match. But we know who one of those competitors is going to be because Alistair Black beat Austin Theory in a very, very fun little match. But I do feel like Theory needs to get something now because all he's done since coming up to the main roster is lose. Like I think he's won one match and he's, he's lost a bunch of tag matches and then lost here, has shown no character and really does feel like the third wheel of... Zelina Vega's sexy trio. Yeah, that's it. I think I actually think Zelina Vega's gang of sexy men works better with just two people because then, mm-hmm. then like a lot of the debate around all oh, their Drew's getting the better of them a bit too much. 
You just take Austin Theory out, who doesn't fit there at all. And it, it sort of makes it a bit better that Drew's only beating mm-hmm. two guys rather than three. Makes it a bit more easy to swallow. Um, I did get a kick out of Zelina Vega, number one, dressing like J-Lo from the mid-noughties. That was a big part of my teenage <laughs> years. And also being in the corner, the opposite corner to her real-life husband and trash-talking him. I can't remember this interaction happening on the main roster. Hmm. Did they, I they, can't remember, to be honest. Did Andrade and Black feud in NXT? I don't think they Didn't did Black either, did they? Black win the title from Andrade? God, I can't remember now. Black only got called up last... Was Black Black was never champion, Black was never champion. Black was champion, yeah. Yes, he was. He was NXT champion. (laughs) I've just got PTSD from Quizzlemania. (laughs) Anyway, you're totally right. We could look it up, but... (laughs) You're you're totally right. This this was a fine match. Uh, I thought uh, Black looked really good in it. Theory. Not only has he not been really given a character or anything... There's just there's no spots to help him stand out. There must be something there because everyone who watches Evolve speaks very highly of him and Paul Heyman sees something in him. That's enough for me to go, okay, yeah, yeah, you push him. But then, like, they are pushing him and he's not really showing anything. There's no crazy good spots. I, I've not seen him show charisma to the extent of Gaza. So I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, no, neither do I. Uh, we've got a recap of Shayna Baszler's win last week where she destroyed the uh, the broke the arm of Sarah Logan. And then we had a, a match between Baszler and Indy Hartwell where Shayna says she didn't just break Sarah Logan's arm. She uh, Oh, she said that she didn't break the ar- break her arm. She broke the rules. Or she didn't break the rules or something. Uh, that's it. Didn't break the rules, just Logan's arm. Mm. I'll get there in the end. Point I was going to make was Sarah Logan was mentioned a lot on this show. And there are reports, you'll be able to fill us in a bit more on this, but there have been reports that um, Sarah Logan was even backstage and was planned to be on the show. And she might actually be brought back after being fired last week. Yeah, so this first came out with uh, Fightful. Um, Sean Ross Sapp said that Sarah Logan, you know, is still married to uh, it's Eric of the Viking Raiders. And a lot of people backstage were like, come on, get Sarah Logan back. Why did you release her? So that people were lobbying for her to come back and she was planned to be on raw up until the show actually airing so dave Meltzer has reported that as well so has ryan satin and our own louis danger can confirm that sarah logan was backstage at raw so she would have flown out to be on that program and then they just decide not to use her last minute that's uh i reckon it's it's just weird isn't it because you'd think you'd want to limit the amount of people on these shows but they they fly people in who they're not using well if i was a betting man i would probably say that yeah that that they did plan to have her on the show and then word got out so they scrapped those plans Mm. because the internet figured it out which is always the best way to uh to run your business and stuff is remember how you know the writers of game of thrones completely changed the ending of game of thrones because someone had figured out the ending that they had planned on reddit so they just changed the whole thing worked out for everyone mm. really uh the the Meltzer also said that wwe can use these people and for 90 days they're paying them for 90 mm. days they still get their downside guarantee for the non-compete stuff so we might see 
more of this sort of stuff happening. You know, Drake Maverick's got a match tomorrow night in the NXT Cruiserweight Title Cup. Uh, weird, yeah. weird stuff. Well, he's got a few matches because it's not a tournament, is it? It's a, oh, it's a round robin, so he's it's it's like the G one. So he's got to wrestle, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, although I'll be honest, if I'm Sarah Logan, I'm not going back. Mm. I don't know her husband's because, there. well, you, yeah, your husband's there, but like you know, Moxley's wife is there, and he's gone elsewhere, and he's gone on to bigger and better things, and. I think her being fired and being, you know, the only woman on the roster, on the Raw roster that was fired, probably tells you everything they need to know of how they think of you and how they see you. And yeah, I, you've only got to look at how she's been booked over the last year. She is slotted into a certain place. And I don't think her going back is going to change that. Like it didn't, you know, didn't change for Cassius Ono. Yeah. It, it, it also suggests to me a suspicion I've had. And that is, last Wednesday's releases were very haphazardly decided on. If they're already mm-hmm. thinking about bringing people back four or five days after they fired them, that is, that is shocking. Absolutely shocking yeah. behaviour for a company. It's like being in a, yeah. a, in a, a sort of a, in, what's the word, psychologically, psych, psycho, nah psychologically abusive relationship where a you know you you complete just being dumped and then no let's get back together dumped again it's awful uh after that though we I'm just going to I'm just I'm just going to say uh active uh raw female roster because I'm sure some people will say Maria Canellis ah yes of course um as the other one but you know I mean active in the ring Shayna looked great here though I thought she looked really cool she came back out and she smashed um uh, what was her name? Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell. Uh, her arm in a ladder. Uh, then we got Ricochet mm. and Cedric Alexander taking on Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink. Yeah, uh, and, you know, the, the heels use some strength, the faces use some speed, and the faces won. Um, Byron was putting over the entire time that these two have always wanted to be a team, which is uh, why they're a team now. But it's, um, do you know what? It's not really working for me and it's probably because all they've done is they've beat the the enhancement talents but as soon as they got an actual test they lost yeah to the viking raiders last week um the flippy stuff's really impressive uh we've always known that about ricochet and alexander but there's you need you need substance there you need actual wins that matter i'm kind Mm, of over this yeah, didn't take long. Um, Charlie Caruso interviewed the Kabuki Warriors, uh, and they were great because Asuka's just one of the greatest characters in WWE at the moment. I, I think that she's having a lot of fun with this. I think she's awesome. Uh, and then we there was the whole Nia Jax Kyrie same match around here as well. And then we got I might have these a bit out of order, but we'll do them in one big clump. I've uh, I've phrased it when WWE ran out of content. And that is Carpool Karaoke <laughs> with the Viking Raiders, Seth Rollins on a giant chair, and Bobby Lashley flipping tires. Okay, so I believe that you liked the Viking Raiders segments. I did. Yeah, I've written here, this made them look lame. Yeah, I didn't. Maybe it's. I actually saw that. <laughs> I saw this was going to happen before I'd watched the episode and the clip. So some when that when that 
sequence of events happens for me, I tend to be a bit more forgiving because I've had time to mentally prepare. But I didn't hate it. And it gave me... It reminded me of those sort of Attitude Era teams, like the APA, who would have goofy segments. But that just gave them more character for when they eventually got in the ring. And I feel like like having this in tandem with Bobby Lashley's stuff, which was, there was no storyline stuff there. They completely dropped the Lana Lashley dissension feud, whatever it is. It was purely, I'm Bobby Lashley, I'm really strong, this tire's big, I can flip it. I bet I can flip that even bigger tire, and then he does. It's just that the next time I see him in the ring, that's some nice character context in my head. I just, this was, with the Viking Raiders, it wasn't perfect, it was far from it, but this is actually the most genuine character I've seen from them in their entire main roster run so far. Now, I won't disagree with that. What I would disagree with, though, is, like, the APA comparison that you gave there, the APA characters were, they were... They were in comedy segments backstage, but they were always badasses in those comedy segments. Those were people going up to them to, like, you know, Crash Holly hiring the APA to protect them. It's because you hire the APA because they're the badasses, and the badasses go down to the ring, they do their badass stuff, they go back, they drink their beers, and they smoke their cigars, and they play poker. This is the Viking Raiders, who so far we've been told are literal Vikings, and what we got with them was them doing carpool karaoke. That is jarring. Those two things do not mesh. When they come down to the ring next week, am I supposed to think, oh, they sing? They are the James Corden of WWE. Because I'll be honest, that is not a way to get someone over with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're obnoxious. Cool. Um, That's the Street Profits gimmick. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's what this was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like you know them almost making fun of the street profits in a way because this is the sort of thing that the street profits would do i think that's the intention but for me it didn't work i i did not like this side of the viking raiders and while i do agree with you that they have needed some character you can get character in stories and that's the one thing the viking raiders have never had is stories They've just had squash matches. I mean, they were tag champs. And can you name like a single thing of their tag team run? Or, like their tag title run? Absolutely not, because it meant nothing. And I don't think them doing carpool karaoke is the way to fix that. I'm pretty sure the OC. I'll just the, the OC were in it. That they had a few. They had a few matches. I think as part of that title <laughs> run. Very memorable. I okay. You know. You know what? You're totally right. Everyone's totally right. For whatever reason, I'm optimistic about this segment and furious about the Nia Jax botch. I don't, I can't, I don't know how well, my mind works, but just, just, just let me... And do you know what? You're, I was going to say, and you're not wrong to enjoy it. But let me... Maybe this, this just popped into my head. Maybe this is a character reset. Maybe they're going to become... This is the equivalent of Dark World Thor to Ragnarok Thor. <laughs> so Taika Waititi is coming in to save the franchise. To save the Viking Raiders. Because oh, mate. drinking, wisecracking, badass Viking Raiders, I like that more than one-dimensional, literal Viking Raiders. I don't know, but it's yeah. not going to happen. It's I- going to be awful. I can get on board with that. I, to be honest, do you know what? I, I would say that I, I've i got more to say about the Viking Raiders 
one then i do the bobby lashley thing because flipping tires is not that impressive to me so, <laughs> so it looks big. like cool yeah i'm I'm sure they're like massive and they weigh loads and stuff but like at the end of it i'm like cool you flipped a tire great (laughs) i I don't care so so at least i've got something to say about the viking raiders one um and seth's chair was weird so i've got a lot to say about that so i enjoyed those more than i did the bobby lashley stuff i like how in the bobby one he actually worked a match with the bigger tire you know, you know the the small the smaller tire, which is still really impressive, I imagine. He just flipped it in one go, and then he says, "This tire over here, though, that's a bigger tire. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna flip it." That was the promo. That was the promo build in the main event, and then like <laughs> a few segments later, we got the payoff for it, which was Bobby going over to this bigger tire, sort of struggling with it. He punched it a bit. He couldn't get it up. This was the tire making a comeback, and then he's like. Rawr! And he flips it. I don't know. I I quite liked I th- it. I thought this segment was going to be that Bobby flipped the tire and then Lana convinced him to try and flip the bigger tire, but he couldn't flip the bigger tire. And it's Lana's fault that she suggested that he, that he do it. And that's more for me because I thought they were continuing the storyline that they've done since uh, they started at WrestleMania. And apparently they're not. Mm. Yeah, the the breakup thing. Uh, and, and the Seth thing was just him accepting Drew's challenge. Uh, but he was sitting on a throne? Old school yeah. Georgian chair? That looked like it was two chairs merged together. I was yeah. looking more at the chair told- than, than Seth here. He told a fib in this promo as well because he said he knows what it's like to walk into the main event of WrestleMania and beat Brock Lesnar. You did it in the opening match, mate. <laughs> it's the main Although event. Although I suppose, I suppose he did do it at WrestleMania 31, but they're not the same, are mm. they? Uh, after this sort of, you know, the, the weird backstage segment stuff or, or vignettes, we got MVP coming out and cutting a promo. Uh, he lost his way a little bit. Um, but I, I, I quite enjoy everything MVP does. I think he's... I like him being back on screen. And I think this is the perfect yeah. use of him to get over younger talent. He got, like, you know, like he's... It was a fine match with Apollo Crews. He, Apollo Crews could have had a better match with someone else. But I think this win means more because it's MVP's name. Yeah. I particularly like uh, MVP's line where he said he's already booked his private jets to take him to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, yeah, he got Cruz's name wrong, right? Mm. Like he said the wrong person. I think he said um, Mr. Black. I think he did as well, yeah. And uh, yeah, he got way more of this match than I was expecting. I thought this was going to be like Cruz squash. But this went through an ad break with MVP working him over. But then Cruz looked great in his comeback. Uh, got to kick out the playmaker, one of the worst finishes in the history of wrestling, um, with his series of moves. Like and he, like he went back to NXT uh, Apollo Cruz stuff. You know the the standing the, the press, the standing moonsault, the standing shooting style press, and the big sort of sit out powerbomb thing that he does. This is like classic. NXT Uha Nation Apollo Cruz. So it felt to me like this was a really good reset for for Apollo here. You know, he had the Alistair Black match, and now they're like, cool. Here's the Apollo Cruz that we should have had from day one. I'm really excited to see him in a Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm not so excited to see him in the climb the corporate ladder movie version, uh, but a, a proper ladder match with this version of Apollo, I, I thought would, could be really exciting. 
Um, after that, this is where we're going to find out that Apollo Crews has already been in a Money in the Bank ladder match. Like he was in one of the when he first came onto the main roster, he might have been in one then. But I wasn't into him then. Is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> Ruby Riot then complained backstage to Charlie Caruso that she carried the Riot Squad. Sarah Logan got mentioned some more, um, and then Liv and Ruby actually had a pretty decent match. I thought. Yeah, it, I, I mean, considering that this was the end of their feud, it didn't feel like the big payoff. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Liv went out from out of nowhere. It didn't really feel like there was anything i mean grant i mean this the storyline has meant nothing from the start so it, it the, the finish was probably what it deserved but it's a bit flat if, um you know but it, it just felt like nothing really a bit flat liner i thought of that when i was reading my notes yes um yeah it didn't really feel like liv got over via this ruby feud like her beating it like they're like oh she's escaped the shackles i'm like well she's already beaten her once mm. and now she's just beaten her again so know about that yeah i i like the finish though uh that sort of flat liner off the ropes off of an irish mm. whip I, I yeah that caught me by surprise uh we got a memoriam graphic for howard finkel uh then we got a really good match really really good match between ray mysterio and buddy murphy or, or just murphy murphy is still very much doing the monday night disciple gimmick despite AOP just completely disappearing. That was pre-coronavirus, by the way. Oh my god, I said it. That was pre-all that stuff, by the way. It was because, I believe it was Razar got a bicep tear. So they just thought, oh, let's take yeah. AOP off. But Murphy hasn't been in Rollins' corner for the last month, and vice versa. So it's... I'm glad they're still doing it. I just need to see... It feels a bit insulting, intellectually insulting, why they haven't explained what's going on between them all. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. It does feel quite jarring that the, that they've not been... We haven't seen them together for like a month or so, but they are still together, I guess. Um, but I'm, I was really, really chuffed to see Ray get the win here because I think they're telling a really nice story with Ray, which is that, you know, he's won everything in his career, but he's never won money in the bank. And he really, really wants to. And I thought his promo last week about how he knows how dangerous Money in the Bank can be because he won the world title and then seconds later lost it because Kane cashed in on him. Um, so he's kind of got that motivation to drive him in this match. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I was, I'm really excited to see Ray. I mean, I, I would have been excited to see Ray in a Money in the Bank ladder match anyway, but a corporate money in the bank ladder match i'm very excited to see what they can do with him mm. 619 over a table yes oh god in in the kitchen in the through <laughs> some stools in the toilet uh, yeah. and and i think murphy's character it's totally fine for him to lose when rollins isn't there with him uh because you know that's he's his mentor and he, he can't accomplish anything on his own that's the idea uh, I, I thought some of the sequences in this match were extraordinary. There was a, a V-trigger mm. brain buster something else combo that Murphy hit in quick succession. Uh, there was this awesome 619 counter, which Ray then also countered into a twirling DDT. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to know how much of this stuff is coming from Ray, because it seems to mm. be a constant thing in Ray Mysterio matches these days. I keep seeing spots I've never seen before. And it's really refreshing. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally think it's Ray working with people to be like, how can we, how can we change it up this time? And I, I think it's it's making for great matches. I'm really happy to see Ray back as well. I've really missed seeing Ray on TV. Yeah, 
Um, after this, we got Angel Garza trying to chat up Charlie Caruso backstage. Caruso, I feel, should be like, you know, like, no. Because she's the she's she's the moral compass, surely, of an interviewer. But instead she was like, mm. Yeah, but he, he is so handsome, though. Like, he's got that, yeah. You can't deny it. Even though he's a baddie, he is a handsome one. Uh, Charlotte, speaking of baddies, Charlotte, who most 100% <clears throat> definitely is a baddie, squashed Caden Carter. Yeah, she's 100% a heel. There's no... There's no debate around this. The, the, to try and say that Charlotte Flair is a babyface is like saying that the hardcore triple threat from WrestleMania X7 <laughs> is not the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Yeah, she just worked the whole match as a heel. Carter even got the babyface comeback spot. This only went like three minutes, so it wasn't anything of substance. But then Charlotte taps her out and sarcastically claps her beaten opponent. She's meant to be... You know, if she's a babyface... You'd think it would be, I'm trying to build up NXT. Well done. You really proved yourself to me, kid. But it's not. It's, I am too big for all of these NXT stupid jobbers. Which is a great storyline, actually. If it eventually pays off in someone rising through those ranks to finally defeat her and embarrass her. But I don't think that's the story WWE are telling. I just think they're telling the story that, no, Charlotte's really good. Yeah, I think that's the story they're telling as well. Um, I, I'd like to see some more... Because at the moment, her being on Raw, I don't think is doing NXT any favours because NXT's not really being featured. Like They keep mentioning Io Shirai, but they're not showing Io Shirai. So they're not giving you a reason to tune into NXT. You know, they could say, hey, she's challenged Mia Yim to a match. Well, you know, show us that footage. Because if I'm not... You've only got to look at the ratings, viewers, to, to see. Not everyone that watches Raw is watching NXT. So show us these things to give us a reason to then tune into the next show, which I don't think they're doing particularly well at the moment. And it's not like they don't have enough time. Mm. Uh, after that, we got what might actually be my favourite single performance on the whole show, and that is Akira Tozawa coming out like a ball of fury against Andrade for revenge on when the Gang of Sexy Men beat him up last week. And... Yeah. Tozawa was just intensely insane here, doing this. I've never seen someone launch themselves off of the apron with a senton, or like a, a sort of rolling, diving senton, with such ferocity. It was like an Ember Moon dive. It's, a, it's absolutely amazing. And his performance in this was so great, I thought he was going to win. I thought he was going to win and they were going to set up a US title match for Money in the Bank. I was convinced of it while watching this match because Tazao was so great in what he did. And Andrade only really got his, you know, he only got the heat because Zelina Vega caused an interference and then hit the top rope hammerlock DDT for the win. I thought it was a really, really fine performance, but I love to carry Tazao in it. And I, you know, it sucks that the role <laughs> that he is in is look good in a match, put the other guy over. I'd like to see him get some more. Mm. He's so much better than that, I agree. I'm I'm a, I'm concerned that Andrade's finishing move normally is going to be the top rope DDT finisher because his singles finisher surely should remain just a normal hammerlock DDT. But his mm. group finisher should be the top rope version. Uh, uh, other, the super duper one. Yeah, otherwise it robs it of its importance. And actually the mm. normal hammerlock DDT, which can be hit from anywhere... 
doesn't feel as impactful. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear what my notes were for the, the next part of this? Do tell. Uh, next part of the show. Street Profits come out and stare down Andrade. I think they're joining commentary. Oh, no, they're cutting a promo. Oh, no, they're introducing Bianca Belair. Oh, no, they are doing commentary. They do commentary. Mm. Bianca Belair wins. <laughs> do commentary is a bit of a stretch. I, I, I've i seen uh, some people go, uh, I love Street Profits. They're so funny. And I'm I'm often in that camp too, but I think they are one of those acts who tightrope the much like the Usos, the the tightrope between being really cool and funny and incredibly annoying. And in this segment, I I wanted to turn off the sound. I, I couldn't stand it. I think you could hear Jerry Lawler channeling Vince McMahon's instructions for them to calm down. Mm. Yes, I and and they were not. They were. They started at eleven, and they continued at eleven. And it. I don't think it really helped Bianca Belair in the match. I think it actually sort of detracted from Bianca Belair in the match as well. And Bianca Belair doesn't need some people like people distract like detracting away from her matches because she's so awesome. Uh, I don't think she needs three profits there to hype her up. She can do that herself because she's that good. Yeah. Uh, and the main event was Drew McIntyre taking on Angel Garza. Uh, Raw's resident Lothario Angel Garza is what he was mm-hmm. repeatedly referred to throughout the night in, in the same sort of pattern as climb the corporate ladder. Raw's resident <laughs> Lothario Angel Garza. Uh, and he had all the sexy men in his corner, uh, but Drew just overcame them all awesomely. Like I didn't feel like he was being overpushed. This this top rope dive outside was insane on all of them, and then he so great. then he just started hitting claymores. Uh, it it really effectively built the Rollins feud because it just made me want to see him go up against an equally well booked sort of main event act. Uh, as I I love the gang of sexy men, but yes, they are just being used to build up Drew over the next few weeks before the Seth match. That's very good booking, though. I, I don't think it's it's wasteful. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this main event. Um, yeah, and over... I probably, I probably could have done without the Bianca Belair match to give it some more time, but, you know, kind of everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, God, the, the whole show, really, would actually be a pretty decent 90-minute show. Mm-hmm. I th- but these three hours' uh, durations were, were terrible before everything happened, and now they're far outstanding their welcome it seems like they go on forever uh but with that said i did enjoy this show i thought it was a core i thought it was a four out of five it was everything meant something um i thought the the promo work was good i thought the in-ring action was actually really good and didn't overstay its welcome most of the time and i'm really into drew yeah i enjoyed drew uh i enjoyed the show for the most part i thought it was a three out of five show um and it's mostly because it feels like raw. F- I don't know. To say it feels directionless is a bit harsh because we're clearly building towards Money in the Bank. But like, I don't think that there's so many squash matches on this show that I don't think it's. I'd rather I'd let less of those and more of the you know give more time to Drew and Gaza in the main event. Give more time to Buddy and um, Mysterio, mm. that sort of thing. But you know, overall, I, I did. I did. I thought it was a fine show.
Uh, but let's finish off all our super chats. Back to uh, the topic of Nia Jax's botch. Anton H. Nia's back, concussing and getting the push for it. Uh, Van Thomas says, Ironic Nia complained about someone in Dream Bliss. Yes, we've already covered that. And Ryu Adonte, one of our pledgehammers who just got a shout out, I kind of want a bat for Nia, because she could be good, but my god, shake my head. I would say give her the China roll and let her fight with the men, but I don't know how that would help. Well, we thought that's what, I mean, she nearly did. She was going to feud with Dean Ambrose uh, for a little bit. Yeah, and that, and that RKO at last year's Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, I don't think that would work uh, the way WWE is currently set up. Uh, Oblivious Carry says, become WWE champion immediately by stomping an arm. Mm. I don't get that. Is that a Becky thing? I think it might be in reference to uh, Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Because effectively, all Shane's got to do now is just stomp on uh, Becky's arm as soon as that match starts. Uh, George Todd, do you think the Triple H 25 thing is in place because there may be a potential return of someone? So these are the 25th anniversary celebrations of Triple H taking over the company. Mm. Do you think anyone might I I don't... I don't know. Maybe Triple H can have a match at SummerSlam, but uh, I always feel like WrestleMania is the time to bring out Triple H for matches. Uh, unless, of course, it's Survivor Series where you start a storyline with Braun Strowman that goes nowhere. Uh, I'm going to take an early bet for it to be Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is going to return and they're going to have a match at SummerSlam. Timothy Beattie. Oh, <laughs> Should Cedric and Ricochet's <laughs> tag name be the Flippy Boys? No fists, just pimps. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a shame that we don't have the revival anymore because that would have been the perfect team for them to feud with. Forever the Ricochet. Uh, well, I've just lost my place there. Sandipan Chakraborty, thanks a lot for your all of your hard work. Any idea when we can have Kane and Christian in the Hall of Fame? And is there really any plan, long or short term, for Murphy? Uh, Kane and Christian could probably go into the Hall of Fame at some point, I'd imagine. Um... I would have thought that the plan for Murphy was for him to feud with Rollins and sort of split away from the group. Yeah, eventually. I, I think whatever plans they had were first derailed by the AOP uh, injury and now even more so that it seems like they're self-isolating from one another. Uh, Matthew Robinson, Bianca's moveset seems to feel like a heel and she works better as a heel, so why is she not a heel? I would love her even more that way. Two words, Street Profits. Street Profits are the baby faces. They put those group together. She has to be a baby face. Matthew Robinson again. Love seeing Drew get a group to go up against. But if it goes on too long, it may have a Roman effect. Hope you guys are safe. Hashtag the real boss, Matt Robinson. Yeah, it's what we were talking about earlier in the show, that a few people already feel that Drew's got the Roman effect on him, which I don't agree with. Dejun Canabru-Bolden really wish they let Vega wrestle. She seems to have all the skills to be the face of the division. Maybe even the company have pushed right. I like the role that she's in. Like, she's great in all of the roles that she does. She's a great manager. She's a great talker. She's great on commentary. But she's also very good in the ring as well. But I feel that, actually, almost like the best use of her is this uh, the sort of manager role. I think it really suits her. Um, I've I've never been that impressed with her in the ring. I think she's really good in individual spots like the Hurricanrana, but uh, I I don't think she should be the face of the women's wrestling division. Matthew Robinson again. Why is Charlotte a baby face? It will never work. Some people are just heels forever, and that is Charlotte. And why is she on every show now? Because she's a Raw star and the NXT champion. 
Um, but yeah, she is definitely a heel. 100% she's a heel. Anton H. Zelina Vega should name her stable of three, triple A. We've joked about that before because they're all named after the letter A. Metal Bear, are you guys surprised they're putting the title back on Bray? Maybe Vince just realised how Bray sells a heap of merch. Haha, I think the Fiend gimmick transcends wrestling itself. Hashtag a lovely time with the boys. Are we sure they're going to put the title back on him? Because I could certainly see Braun retaining. I think that I think they're going to give him back the title because I think the long-term plan is to put it on Roman. And that, that was I always their original plan. I'm going to make a prediction here. I think that this is going to go past this match at Money in the Bank, and I think that Bray wins it in a Firefly Funhouse match. Josh B 17 keep up the good work, guys. I'm happy to see Drew being pushed so strong, but just wish it wasn't at the expense of Andrade and Gaza. Yeah, I, I sympathise yeah. with you there. On one Omni Slash, who's next to enter the mid-card vortex of Baron Corbin, or is Elias stuck in there for weeks to come? Keep up the great work, Luke and Ollie. God, I'm so glad that's on SmackDown. So glad it's on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, Sean Turner, how different would it have been if Roman did win the Royal Rumble? Bray still kept the title for WrestleMania, but the outbreak still happened. Hmm. They'd probably hmm, take the belt different... off of him, wouldn't they? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, even if, yeah, I would say even if Roman had won the Rumble, Bray Goldberg was still going to win. So really, like, it's th- th- this has to be, what if Goldberg never appeared on TV and popped that rating? Yeah. Uh, I think that that's really the deciding factor in this. Do you want to take over? I will take over, yes. Uh, so Start Recording says, Ollie, I've placed a bet uh, for you to win Quizzlemania for Let's Settle the Score. And Luke, I've placed uh, an each-way bet for you. If either you win, I'll donate my Steve Austin lawnmower to the NHS. What's a Steve Austin lawnmower? I'm not sure. Oh, thank you. Uh, Start Recording also says, uh, what's your favourite title match where the wrong person won? Oh, hmm. I don't know, actually. I'd really have to think about that. Anything spring to mind for you? No. I don't know why, I but... spring to mind. Damien Sandow versus <sighs> John Cena with the Money in the Bank cash in. Yeah. I really enjoyed that match. <laughs> I don't know why that's that popped yeah. into my head. Uh, the Adapt who said ballet is just as dangerous as wrestling, but the term is because ballet is very graceful. Mm-hmm. It looks very lovely to watch. I'm not, it's not my cup of tea, but, uh, you know, it is for some people. Gazzatella of Rock and Roller. My Indie Mania t-shirt arrived today. Thanks, WrestleTalk. Thumbs up emoji. Hey. Glad it made its way to you. Thank you very much for supporting. Uh, Nikhail Bisnath says, Hey, friendos. Thank you for sponsoring Raid Shadow Legends. That game is so cool. I believe you had a clan name in the past. If you still do, what is it? That would be Wanderolly. <laughs> Um, Gabriel Caruso has got a question about the um, Dark Side of the Ring episode which I still haven't seen yet uh, which is about the Nancy Argento uh, Jimmy Snooker uh, situation or murder really do you think that Vince knowingly covered up her murder do you believe the stories of Pat Patterson uh, I won't read that second one though um, but yeah do you think that Vince knowingly covered it up we'll never know we'll never know It's uh, but it, it it seems to be a very murky situation Phoenix says, do you guys like cats? And if so, why? If not, why not? I love cats. I'm allergic to them, though. <laughs> I think cats are fine. I'm After the whole dog incident from a few years ago, <laughs> I'm not going to give any 
any feeling on this whatsoever uh jordan sexton i've become a pledge hammer and this is my first super chat hooray just want to say you guys are awesome p.s on my way to amarillo crying with laughter emoji thank you very <laughs> much for that thank you very much great song as well jonathan says may i please have a shout out for my birthday today happy birthday jonathan barube absolutely happy bloody birthday to you and sean turner waiting for a chopper heel turn hashtag free chopper no 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 dance chopper uh and a last uh, few last minute super chats here from edgar it says it was a scary botch given nice history wasn't looking forward to her return um injection says luke's fantasy booking of brawn may come to life i don't have a fantasy booking of brawn unless it was the one i was literally mm. just talking about then uh, Gutierrez 25 how have you guys not noticed WWE's real plan? Charlotte is on Raw and NXT champion. She said she wants to work on SmackDown too. This all this means we're going to get her on uh get all going to get Charlotte three belts. Hashtag long live the queen. Oh god. I think they actually have got a lot of faith in Becky, so I don't think they'd do that. And Edgar says why was what Charlotte did to Kyrie mostly ignored? No reported heat except for some fans. Yeah, I mean, you can probably make your own assumptions, can't you? But I I feel like Charlotte is, is a very protected person backstage in that company. You can see how Becky behaved during that match, where she was really... She looked like she was really looking out for Kyrie when she realised what happened. But in that same match, Charlotte looked very frustrated and you know, did a few spots after it was quite apparent Kyrie was concussed that probably shouldn't have been done. And I find that behavior very questionable. Indeed. Uh, Vincent says, uh, thank you lads for being awesome. Still waiting for Ollie's drawing of the Montreal screw job to hit the store. <laughs> That's censored. We can't put that on there. But thank you very much for the super chat. And lastly from Gabriel says, do you think WWE is using the current situation to push people who normally wouldn't get over, like Apollo, Nia, Tamina? I strongly disagree that Tamina is getting over. I think she's just in matches. Um, Nia and Apollo would have got pushed regardless of this situation. I think Apollo in particular would have been a Paul Heyman project. Yeah, totally agree. These are just post-WrestleMania plans. Uh, fits in yeah. with what happens in previous years. Uh, but thank you. Before we get out of here, before we get out of here, I got uh, because there were some super chats that were left during the Quizlemania stream. Mm. Uh, that and I wanted to read out this one because it was a huge donation from DX Solo. As always, it says, "Hey guys, hope you're all well." Alice and I would like to offer up this one hundred dollars to the winner of today's quiz, if that's an option. We love the content you all provide and look forward to most of it. Winky face. Oh, thank you very much. Cheers for that. Uh, so, so was that thank the last week's Quizlemania or this that would coming? Be for last week, last week's Quizlemania was left five days. So it ago. goes to Brian. He's not even on yeah. this. <laughs> I'll try and figure. Well, that you out. should have won then. Is that all the? That's all the. That's bits? that's all of them for well, now. Thank you very much, everyone who joined for today's episode. Remember, we are here every Tuesday and Thursday reviewing Raw and AEW Dynamite. So make sure to set your reminders for those and every day with the WrestleTalk News and various other podcasty bits. And tomorrow, we will have Quizzlemania 4 over on Parts Fun Known, our other wrestling channel, hosted by Adam Blompier, where Wrestling With Regret... Wrestling With Regret's Brian Zane will be defending his newly won title uh, against myself, Luke, and um, Queen of the Rings... Alex. Alex. 
So that will be Yeah, really fun. looking forward to having Alex on the show. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really fun evening. I'm very much looking forward to Quizzlemania. And Andy Datsun, because he lost last week, will be shaving his head throughout the live stream. We'll be cutting back to him uh, and checking in at the, the shape of his head as it, um, as, it, um, as it reveals itself. And all the money we'll make in tomorrow's uh, one will go to the NHS charities to support healthcare workers during these times because aren't we just lovely so you might remember last week because i haven't actually done a podcast with you since last tuesday since the raw review because you weren't on for the AEW review you're not doing the magazine show at the moment so i haven't spoken to you in quite a while on this format it, well, yeah, um, I, I don't know if you told this on any of the podcasts we've done since, but uh, yeah, that I I was meant to go to Vietnam. I'm meant to be in Vietnam right now with uh, a yeah. long uh, planned trip with my lady partner. We were meant to leave last Thursday. So last Thursday was I know people have got much bigger things that they're suffering, but this was this was our suffer. And uh, it yeah. was it was a sad day on Thursday. So I thought I'm going to spend it with the lady partner. Uh, still had to make yeah. the news in the morning and do Quizzle Mania in the evening and kind of just watch out if any more got any more people got released. So it was a it was a crappy day. So Pete very kindly agreed to fill in for me last minute. Uh, and the the day after, because I I told Luke this, I was like, do you mind if you let Pete do the the review? Uh, because I'm feeling a little bit rubbish today. So. The next day, me and Luke are recording the Wrestle Talk Extra WrestleMania 21 review for Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Go over and become a Patreon right now so you can listen to that cheap plug. Midway through recording, there's a knock at the door and we get delivered some wine. Two lovely bottles of wine, one that was consumed that evening from Luke and his lovely lady partner saying, have a nice evening in. It was so nice. It made my lady partner cry. So well done, Luke. <laughs> oh, hey, you're welcome, mate. Thank you very much for the for the, the compliment. Um, I wasn't actually setting up that story though, but it was very nice of you to well, share. I wanted I to share to edit it all. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I had to edit all of that out of the uh, the record that we did. <laughs> but, uh, it was a. Uh, Lovely to relive the moment anyway. But I was going to say, you might recall that we I was set a task by my brother and his girlfriend to find a first match suggestion for her. Now, I went over a load of these with Pete on the AEW podcast. We kept, we had lots of suggestions. And you settled on Kenny Omega versus John Moxley from All Out last year. Yeah, I, yeah well, I mean, that didn't happen, did you? You're, you're thinking ah, of... Full um, gear. Full gear, Balls, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've had what we found is that the biggest stumbling block in all of this is the YouTube bit because lots of people were, were suggesting really good matches, but then they weren't available on YouTube. And the only one that really fit all of the brief and was available on YouTube in full was Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg from Survivor <gasps> Series. What a match! But that requires a lot of context. Exactly. Um, so we've had some more suggestions come in. The best suggestion we've had thus far, uh, I think, we've had some pretty good ones like Wrestle, uh, like Batista versus The Undertaker from WrestleMania. Really good match. You also get the big Undertaker entrance at WrestleMania in front of 80,000 people. So that was a really good suggestion. But my favorite one so far is Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Of course. From Brooklyn. That's a, because that video yeah. package, you don't have to watch anything. You could just see that video package and you'll be hooked. 
But I also think that even without that video package, their entrances and the crowd reaction tell you everything that you need to know about the two people in the ring. Uh, you know, so I think that that is the best suggestion thus far. Um, we've also had this in from Gage, who suggested the Heart Foundation versus the Brain Busters from SummerSlam 89. Uh, we Might be a bit dated had... to introduce to a modern fan, uh, I, I yes. would say. Abraham got involved, uh, in touch to say that the Bailey versus Bank match isn't on YouTube, but it is on Daily Motion. Uh, and he says it does go 28 minutes, so it's slightly over the uh the, the budgeted time few things um, aren't on daily motion <laughs> harry iverson again suggested goldberg versus uh under uh, goldberg versus brock lesnar the wrestlemania um, one no 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 the survivor series one because it's short mm, you see. yeah it's too short though the the wrestlemania one <gasps> luke Mike Awesome and oh, there's a lot. The chair shots in that <laughs> absolutely match. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, absolutely not, mate. It's a five-minute punk song. Do you, do you remember that table spot where there's the legs sticking up and they nearly impaled themselves on you it? You hardly see it. <laughs> um, Howard uh, suggested Pack versus Orange Cassidy from Revolution. Oh. I showed it to a friend who doesn't watch wrestling anymore since the Attitude Era, and he absolutely loved it and was mad that Pack won, so it worked. That's actually a really inspired shout. Uh, and it's totally different. Yeah, it's comedy wrestling. Um, well, it, we said this when we discussed it last week, though. It's what do you what do you want to show this person who... What sort of wrestling do you want to show this person? Because you could say, like, I've never listened to music before. And, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, then what is music to me? Uh, you, you mean Louis Dangle? Yes, yeah. Famous Louis <laughs> Danger who does not have a music app on their phone. <laughs> music to him is lbc yeah <laughs> um yeah we've also had some other suggestions this one came from uh thomas uh who suggested akada omega one oh a bit long it's too long though isn't it but man what a match rock versus austin from wrestlemania x7 uh, including the double turn i think you need all the context for that mm. in order to fully appreciate that that uh that finish the six man from all out young bucks and Rey mysterio versus the lucha brothers and bandit oh, it wasn't the lucha brothers was it It was flamita bandido and ray phoenix i think it was ray mysterio yeah ray mysterio's with tag oh, with, young with the other side uh i think that match gets cut off too sh i think it's um well as we know they were meant to have like double the length of time uh, I don't know if I'm down on that match because I know that, but I remember when I was watching it, I was like, man, that was over way too quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, Steamboat versus Savage from WrestleMania 3. That, again, might look a bit dated. Yeah, it's a classic match, but it's it's dated, unfortunately. Like, you know, that, that riveting near-full sequence that they had, you, you get that every other match on Raw now. So it's it doesn't hold up. I'm I'm afraid. Um, and I, while I very much appreciate Thomas's suggestion here, I think he might need to be a bit more specific. Where he says Usos versus New Day versus <laughs> Rev <laughs> uh, versus Revival or the Bar. This was a great match on SmackDown. However, this is just a spot fest to set up a run in. Hell, the third team might have been a team might have been the team that ran in. All in all, it was about eight minutes of awesome. Hope this helps. It doesn't. Right, really, really done. <laughs> um, I also had a very interesting email in from Alex Dangor. I don't know if that is any relation to Louis Danger. 
but he writes here, Dear Rest Talk team, there are too many of you to mention now. I just listened to the Raw podcast where you talked about what order to watch the MCU in as order of releases or chronological, but the only correct way is a combination of the two. Hmm. For example, it would make no sense to watch Captain Marvel second. The film is designed assuming you have the knowledge from the previous movies and it fits nicely in between Infinity War and Endgame with the post-credits. Similarly, Captain America and the First Avengers is clearly designed to be the last film before the Avengers and Iron Man is clearly the best as the first film. Also, it makes sense to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp between Infinity War and Endgame as it explains how they can travel back in time. I think even in chronological order and release order, you still have to watch that in the same uh, same spots. However, there are are examples like black panther where chronologically it takes place directly after civil war not directly before infinity war and nothing about the film makes it necessary to be out of chronological order so it can be watched straight after civil war and the end of ragnarok leads nicely into infinity war guardians 2 is the same unnecessarily out of order so they claim here this is the correct order to watch the movies Okay, you ready for this yeah i i do i do like the idea of watching both guardians movies back to back I think when they don't tie into anything else, those sequels function a lot better sequentially. Mm. So we've got Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the First Avenger, The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor, The Dark World, Guardians, Guardians 2, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Captain America, Civil War, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Doctor Strange, Thor, Ragnarok, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, Spider-Man, Far From Home. Sorry for the long email and people watching in the wrong order is a bugbear of mine. Best wishes in this tough time. Long time pod swafter, Alex. I can't argue with that. I like that. Uh, I think that's a good order. But I, they're all pretty good orders. That might be the best order I've heard, though. Uh, mm. I, I was just about to say, man, Kevin Feige should come out and say this is the definitive uh. order. But I think he would like the debate around it and he wouldn't want to settle it. Yes. Uh, and lastly, before we get out of here, I had this email in from Scott, uh, which was entitled Ollie's News. It said, uh, I would send this to Ollie, but I don't think he reads his emails. It's likely that uh, Louis or one of the other US-based employees has already corrected him, but the picture titles and names of the Florida government officials in today's news were all mixed up. <laughs> God. Ron DeSantis is the... <laughs> Ron DeSantis is the white Republican governor of Florida who overruled the local mayor. I should also point out that Ron DeSantis is a huge disciple of Trump to whom he owes getting elected governor in the first place. Connect the dots as you may. Uh, so, yeah, just a little correction there for you, which Cheers, I'm man. sure no one pointed out. No, no, no it's, it's all good. It's cool. It's all good. It's all good to learn. Uh, cool. Oh, just before we get out of here, speaking of movies, what are you doing this Friday? How about everyone this Friday? Because... Have you seen what Secret Cinema's film this is? The, a week this is? I, I, have, I can't speak. I have. This Friday at 7.30, everyone's going to watch Groundhog Day. I feel like it's appropriate oh. right now. And my lady partner's never seen it. Ooh. I know. Uh, well, I can tell you that my wife has watched it and did not like it. My lady so. partner's <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> I think that's quite exciting because I think it's a great movie. I think it's a five-star classic. And I think that's a really, really fun movie to to watch along with. My lady partner's never seen it. I, I see what you're doing now. Very, very good. Um, right, should we get out of here? Then? My lady partner's never seen it. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we will be back on Thursday with the AEW review and the NXT review, the magazine show on the Friday, SmackDown on Saturday, and then back. Uh, we actually are going to do a uh, going into the archives to do one of our Wrestle Talk Extra podcasts that'll be released next Monday. Uh, we decided to space them out a little bit more because this quarantine is going on a lot longer than we all thought it might do. Uh, so. That is everything here. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. My lady partner's never seen it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.